It's time for Dodger baseball. The sports department at WFUV and the history behind it are a story largely untold. That is, until now. The voices that have shaped the student-run station for the last seven decades dive into their time at Rose Hill. This is the Off the Air Podcast, the legacy of WFUV sports. Welcome back to the Off the Air Podcast. This week, very interesting guest alongside Nick DeLuca. I am Andrew Posadas. And our guest this week, Nick, is Connell McShane. And his story is a bit different, Nick. Obviously, he began in sports broadcasting at FUV, but since has transitioned into the news world. And he's been with the Fox Business Network since 2007. Yeah, really always an interesting conversation when you get the differing perspectives, right? And somebody who started in sports and to see the transition to news, what led a person to transition from sports to news and how that helped Connell in his professional career now with Fox Business. So I'm always interested to see because they're two, they're so different, the two mediums in, in sports and news. But very often when we talk to any number of our guests, they will point to how sports help them with news and how news maybe help them with sports. So really interested to hear his perspective on that transition in his career and how it helped him. Yeah. And when you think about FUV and all the alums that pass through Nick, it's just, it feels like your game raises another level. And for somebody like Connell to be able to be around guys like a Tony reality or, or a Spiro Dides, you got to imagine that those guys kind of just, help build each other up and really uh, put each other on another level as far as becoming the best broadcasters they could be. I think it's something that you and I both know well. When you're working with good people, it's going to help you improve your work. And there's an old saying that goes, you are who you hang with. And for Connell, he was hanging with a really good group of people back in the late 90s and early 2000s because when you talk about some of those names, when you talk about Spiro Didis and Tony Reale and Andrew Bogish and that group, there's, you can't help but raise your game. And, and working with professionals of that quality is really going to help you. And, and I'm sure that he'll touch on just the impact that that had in, in having such a great class and group of, of workers at WFUV to coexist with is going to be something that was really helpful for him as he went forward throughout his career. Well, Nick, without further ado, let's learn a little bit more about Connell McShane. This week on Off the Air, Connell McShane. A 1999 Fordham graduate, Connell worked as a reporter and play-by-play broadcaster covering Rams football, basketball, and baseball, while also hosting WFUV's one-on-one. McShane began his career in sports broadcasting, serving as the play-by-play voice of the Pittsfield Mets during the 1998 season. From there, Connell transitioned to Bloomberg Television, where he worked as a live reporter and anchor on Evening Edition, On the Markets, and Market Week. McShane joined Fox Business Network in 2007, 
co-anchoring Fox Business Morning through May of 2010. Currently, Connell is a reporter and co-anchor of After the Bell alongside Fox Business's Melissa Francis. Here's the Off the Air podcast with Connell McShane. Connell, welcome to the Off the Air. Thank you, thank you. This is a nice, uh, this is a nice little setup. Come a long way at uh, at FUV, and we appreciate having you here. And, and let's get right into it, Connell. Take us back to being a senior in high school and, and thinking about the process of where you were going to go to college. What ultimately made you make that decision? to come to Fordham University? Well, it's funny. I was, um, you know, I look at a number of uh, state schools and a couple of other schools in the area in the Northeast. And um, when I visited Fordham, I kind of fell in love uh, with the campus. And I'd always wanted to do some level of of broadcasting when I was I was growing up. I was the uh, turn the sound down on the uh, the baseball game guy or sometimes the on the Nintendo and announce the video games, you know, to, to try to be the, uh, the announcer. But what's funny about it is when I was in high school and even my freshman year in, in Fordham, it wasn't something that I focused on because, and, you know, I, I didn't think it was a realistic profession, quite frankly, and that was a mistake. But I got very lucky because I chose Fordham because I loved the school and loved the campus. And then about um, halfway through my sophomore year, we got a voicemail in our dorm room back at the time looking for people to volunteer at the radio station. And that's kind of how I got started to get uh, to FUV where you guys are and start working, um, you know, with the guys uh, there in, I guess, 1998. Um, But before that, it was really the school itself, you know, the campus. I'm, I'm from New York. I grew up. Uh, I was born in, in Queens and I grew up in Long Island and then I um, kind of wanted to stay semi-local but also be away from home and, and Fordham fit that and um, you know I love the area I love the feel of it so it was it was the school first and then all of this stuff came came after. So you get the voicemail you get into the halls <laughs> of WFUV and when was it that you realized okay this is something that I really like to do and I think I could do this professionally? Yeah, that was day one. That was day one. And I, I immediately thought to myself, man, I should have done this right away. I should have done this as soon as I walked on on campus. The guy named Mike Maffey left the voicemail. He was the sports manager, the student sports manager at the time. Um, he's a year older than I am. And then at, they had just brought in um, a terrific um, guy who everybody over the last 20 years at, at WFUV looks up to and Bob Ahrens to run the, the sports department and make it a more professional environment, which was actually somewhat controversial at the time because some of the uh, the older alums had been used to the students having all the power and, and whatnot. But Bob came in and just was the ultimate uh, teacher and mentor uh, for all of us. So I walked in on that first day and um, met a guy actually who was a freshman at the time who everybody knows now and it's a good friend of mine and Tony Reale and the two of us started there on uh, on day one together with a couple of other people. We had a pretty small cohort of of uh, of guys and uh, and a few girls at the time because the you know FUV didn't have the numbers that it has today. A lot of that was built up uh, by Bob Aaron's over those first few years, and um, so we started on day one. And one of the first things we started working on was a documentary on Jackie Robinson because it was the 50th anniversary of his first game in uh, in Major League Baseball. And you know Bob had been uh, a native of Brooklyn and having been around then. Uh, when Jackie came up with the Dodgers, was so into it and taught us so much about the history. But we went out and we worked 
on that documentary interviewing some some players from baseball's old Negro leagues, the likes of Buck O'Neill. It was just an unbelievable learning experience for for young people just getting started in the business because we learned about the history of the country, learned about the history of sports and baseball, and also learned about how to put together a professional radio documentary at the very beginning of our of our careers. And um, you know, the at at some point in the future it ended up getting archived in the national baseball hall of fame in cooperstown that documentary and just to be part of putting it together most of my work i think was producing it maybe a little bit on air but most of it was producing the documentary that um that kind of got us started so you know to answer your question was right away as soon as we got into that you kind of get the bug and you say man i should this is what i want to do this is what i want to i want to be on the air i want to tell stories um want to describe events and uh, you know one thing led to another and um <laughs> here we are today i guess yeah, and in your career, you, you've been on air hundreds and hundreds of times, but can you just remember your first few times being on air, whether it was a sports cast or doing the one-on-one show on Saturday or play-by-play color commentary? Can you just take us into your first few times being on air and how you, how you were feeling and trying to transition and adjust? Yeah, it's a, you know, the thing about FUV, you guys know this, is that you're working with pros from the beginning and you're not a pro <laughs> and you're just getting uh, started and then nobody. Um, is is necessarily quote unquote good at this when they start. Um, you might think you are, but you obviously you develop over time. So I remember one of the first things I did uh, was go down to Yankee Stadium and cover whatever game was going on. It may have been a big Yankee uh, down the stretch game or playoff game, whatever it was. And that was one of the things that WFUV provided us was this access to cover professional sporting events. And I went to the game and I was all excited that I put together a a big package to come on. And I went back to the station and I was going to put it on, not on one-on-one at the time, which wasn't quite as intimidating because we we're working with all students, but on the, on the, on the radio station. And I was working, you know, so nervous. I don't even remember whether it was Meg Griffin, who was one of the famous DJs in New York who had come to WFEV, just a terrific woman, or it may have been Darren DeVivo or Corny O'Connell or somebody like that. And I and it, to sit down in the, in the station, and start to put it on. I thought I was already, well, as soon as I went on, I lost my breath. You know, you can't get your breath right away. And, and, and they covered for me and gave me a few minutes to catch my breath. And I eventually uh, got through it, but you're nervous when you start, you're not good when you start, but uh, there you, you kind of have to step up your game. And that was what FUV, it's kind of a sink or swim environment once you get going. And, and, you know, I did after that and, and um, you know, you get some confidence and, and some things go well, you start to uh, get your feet, under you, but it's, it can be both intimidating and challenging uh, to work, I think, in an environment like that um, when you start. But of course, I think the biggest memories from being there are the, are the personal friendships. I brought up Tony earlier, but, um, you know, working uh, with, with guys like him and Spiro Didis and Darwin Zook and Andrew Bogish and people like that that came um, after me uh, by a few years. We just, we, you know, we traveled around like you guys do to the games and um, had a lot of fun, you know, on the road with the Florida football games, even though I think maybe they want to combine one game in the, in the two years that I was broadcasting the play-by-play. I mean, I may have been bad luck, uh, but, you know, the basketball games at the time and being close to the team and going to the, some of the big arenas and broadcasting a game from Madison Square Garden and, and things like that that you never thought you would do growing up, especially here in New York, that was a real thrill in, um, 
in college. But um, at the end of it, going looking back at it and remembering it now, I think it's those friendships, those personal relationships, the uh, the laughs we had off the air, uh, you know, having a joke at Bob's expense, for example, which we always seem to do, um, that kind of thing you remember uh, down the line or, or, or looking back. It's almost like a fraternity. Fordham doesn't have fraternities, but FUV became almost like that for, for many of us, I think. You mentioned Tony, you mentioned Spiro Didis and some of the other cast of characters that were there <laughs> alongside you back, uh, back when you were at Fordham. How do you think that working with them, of course, your personal friendships and, and all those things being important. How do you think working with them helped you professionally and helped make you better? Well, I'm going to tell you the other way around. See, I'm older than all those guys. I'm a year older than Tony. I'm two years older than Spiro. So I've reminded them many times that I taught them almost everything that they know. <laughs> and they, they owe most of their success, if not all of it, uh, to me. No, it's, uh, we, we fed <laughs> off each other. And so everybody brings different things to the table. Um, you know, Tony's an encyclopedia of knowledge. That's why he became a stat boy. But he's also just a funny guy. And, and he's not afraid to be himself on the air, which I think is why he's uh, become such a favorite of people over the years on ESPN. He's Tony. He's, he's himself. If you look what he if puts on Twitter, he lays it all out there. Things that he feels about his family, uh, for example, or social issues, whatever it may be. He, he's he's, he's a, a true, genuine person. And I think when you are that, it shines through, it comes through on the air. And, and that's the old saying, the old people used to say, I mean, I interned, for example, speaking of Fordham for Michael Kay and, and John Sterling, but Michael Kay being the Fordham connection with the Yankees in the radio booth years ago. And, and Michael used to tell me that you'd always ask people that are older than you, what's the advice? And he'd just say, hey, listen, just be yourself. And at the time, you're like, okay, I'd like something a little more specific than that. But when you realize that it comes down to it, we can all learn the mechanics of any job, whether it's broadcasting or something else, but this idea in our profession of people connecting with you on a personal level is um, is something that makes it kind of unique. And I think you know Tony does that, and uh, those other guys. Spiro just has these uh, these pipes that uh, he was he was gifted with, and he's a he's he's very very talented in terms of describing events, the cadence, and the um, and the way that he he paints a word picture. He's a very very uh, talented broadcaster. And the other thing that he does. Uh, very well is he can and this maybe helps him in covering the milwaukee bucks he can hold a full conversation in greek you know i don't know if you ever heard him speak greek but he's uh, his parents on a diner out in new jersey and and many times he'd be in the wfd newsroom holding what i i think was an argument with someone in greek so if if it ever comes down to it with uh Giannis, although i think according to spiro i'm probably pronouncing that wrong you know he's he's your guy on uh, on the greek side of things but those guys were fun we had a lot of fun on the road back then with uh, Fordham, even though the teams weren't winning as much. <laughs> yeah, and you began in sports broadcasting, but ultimately you carved your career path at the Fox Business News Network, or the Fox Business Network, yeah. excuse me. Uh, just when it comes to FUV, did you ever work with the news division as well? Or was it, when was the first time that you thought that you could work in both sports and news? Well, I did at FUV work in conjunction with the news department, like uh, Island the Palmer is a News 12 right now, was uh, kind of the, the news anchor when I was doing the sports at the time. And, um, you know, so yeah, we worked in conjunction, but I did all sports in, in college and thought that would be my career path in, um, you know, whatever, professional life as well. But sometimes circumstance takes over there and I always had an interest in the world and, and following, um, you know, events, whether it be political or, or just regular general news events not so much business news that came later but um 
you know, I, my first job out of college was at Bloomberg and I was working as a desk assistant at Bloomberg radio at the time. And I'd always been thinking, well, let me first get on the air then maybe I'll see if they can give me some opportunities in sports. Maybe I'll transition back to sports, which I came close to doing a few times at various places over the years. But what happened was once you get going in something, you kind of start to like that. It's the same way I was talking about it with sports and you start to get, um, you start to get into what you're covering, whether it's, you know, uh, a good event in some cases in my in my early uh, career, you know, an event that uh, was very, very tough to cover, and that was 9-11. So I think after uh, my career started in 99, I guess, I'd worked um, a little bit off the air as a producer, then got on the air as a, a reporter, and I was a local news reporter when 9-11 happened. And I always say, and I think it's at least partially true, that that kind of altered my career path a little bit, and that it was the um, obviously the most significant and important story that it covered uh, up to that point and really probably up until this point and hopefully for my entire career. But once you get into that, it's it's almost tough to unwind and go back and you, you feel like you're contributing in a way that is different than what we do in sports. That said, I've thought about it and who knows, maybe there'll be a time when I get back uh, to doing sports a little bit as well because I still love it. I still love the games. That's what I loved about sports. Not so much the talk shows or the um, the post-game interviews in locker rooms. I could kind of do <laughs> without some of that stuff, but I, I love the the atmosphere of the games, which is, I think, interesting to watch it on TV now. I think it's something we're missing, the, um, the enthusiasm and energy that comes from you know, a full arena and people getting excited about a big event. So yeah, I miss some of that stuff, but I've been fortunate in that, you know, after Bloomberg and covering that um, terrible, terrible event, one thing led to another. Again, I did transition because of what Bloomberg does into more of a, a focus on business news. I learned a lot at Bloomberg um, about that uh, part of the the business. I covered the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ and and various things, and eventually got a job as a reporter when Fox Business Network launched in 2007. And then again, another big event, the financial crisis in, in 2008, and next thing you know, you're dug in there and you're covering that. And, uh, became an anchor, got back into radio for a while and working with um, I Miss in the Morning, which was also, that's a whole other story. You could do all the show on that one, but that was, uh, that was a lot of fun and uh, a, another learning experience, learning from someone. Uh, that had been in the business so long and the cast that was on that show we learned how to have a lot of fun on the air and uh, that went on for a number of years before um, I eventually left that show and came back to, to Fox Business and now doing this Closing Bell show at four o'clock and also getting out to do some reporting so it's, it's a, the whole thing's a winding road and I tell people sometimes it's fine to have goals and mine sometimes are 30,000 foot ones you know broad goals uh, that I'd like to accomplish or things that I'd like to cover, or people I'd like to interview, whatever it may be. But being too set in your way sometimes can get in your way. So I, I try to take it, you know, cheesy, but a day at a time or at least a month at a time. And because I find that when I do get myself crazy, and this does happen uh, from time to time about, hey, I'm not getting where I want to be or I'm not covering what I want to cover, that's when you're the most unhappy. So if you just take it as it comes and, and try to cover the news and do a good job a day to day or cover the sports, um, I, th I think it's a little bit easier that way. And, and there's, a, there's always something to do in this, in this crazy uh, business. And it's, uh, it's been a good ride so far. We'll see. I have no idea what I'll do for the next uh, 20 or 30 years. <laughs> 
So you get your start in sports, and I wanted to ask you how you thought that starting in sports and then transitioning to the news and the Fox business sort of helped. How did the foundation in sports help you in what you're doing today and what the biggest difference is between covering sports way back when into your, your job now at Fox Sports Business? That's a really good question, and, and it reminds me of a conversation I had with one of my bosses when I actually just started at Fox Business, Kevin McGee, who was running the Fox Business Network at the time. When he interviewed me, he actually said that um, one of the things that attracted him to, to me as a candidate for the job as a reporter was that he saw that I had started in, in sports, had done a little baseball play-by-play -play after uh, the FUV stuff with the, the Pittsfield Mets and the New York Penn League, and obviously I had the college experience as well. So I said, why? I said, well, because the sports guys, they never, ever run out of something to say. They're never stuck. You know, they're so used to ad-libbing or coming up with something on the fly or being you know uh, surprised or describing the unexpected that they're never they're never going to get shaken by something that happens on the air and I thought that was interesting because uh, I'd never really uh, thought of it that way but we have that sort of training when we start in sports Marty Glickman was our uh, broadcast coach I was so lucky at Fordham at the time speaking of mentors uh, Bob and and Marty Glickman was uh, really one of the more um, maybe one of the more influential or one of the most important broadcasters, certainly in New York sports history, if not in sports history overall. But one of the things he did with us, did a lot of things with us, but one of the things um, that he did with us early on to get us to learn how to, to broadcast, he would say that it, when you're driving around or you're walking around, mainly driving, and he would even suggest do this only by yourself, to describe everything you see. So if you're in the car, going down the Long Island Expressway, you know, I'm driving out uh, 54 miles an hour as I move on the uh, left lane. My right indicator is on as I move now from left to right. A gray Ford Taurus has just cut me off. A woman uh, smoking a cigarette now driving. And, you know, and we'd go on like you'd be like a lunatic doing it. But Marty said that would make you better as a broadcaster. It actually did. Uh, because you'd learn how to describe things in such detail and also always can't keep the conversation going um, as, as, as you were, as you, as you were going down the road. So it would never be just a car cuts me up. What kind of car? So that came us back, brought us back to the broadcast of the football game that weekend when we come back for the, uh, the review and the critique. And it was never a beautiful catch by so-and-so. This was, what does a beautiful catch look like? Marty would say. And he, uh, and it was, you know, was his hand, right hand outstretched as he reached over the end line and pulled the ball back to his chest or, you know, that type of thing. So you would learn um, how to uh, describe things in detail. And I think that kind of training does apply to any kind of uh, broadcasting. And we've all thought, I mentioned 9-11 earlier, but there've also, there've been so many other uh, situations, whether it be a protest, for example, or a political convention or whatever, some kind of high energy event where things are changing um, on the fly and or just anchoring in the studio and then and breaking news happened, something that you hadn't prepared for that. I think that sports training actually comes in very, uh, very handy um, to this day, quite frankly. And Connell, something that we hear all of our FUV alumni mention is the fact that the experience, that professional environment prepares yes. them for the next phase in their profession. Did you feel like that coming out of Fordham and getting your first job? Did you feel like you were just more prepared than others who are also coming in around the same time as you? A hundred percent I did. And it, it really gives you a leg up. I mean, Fordham, even back then um, at WFVV, we had the newest technology because, you know, we had upgraded the systems to go digital at the time. Most radio stations were 
you know, they were cutting tape, literally cutting the tape or using carts and, and things like that, which I never really got that familiar with. They used them a little bit, but not as much because Fordham um, had gone ahead of the game and upgraded their technology so that when I got to the professional uh, world, the first case for me was Bloomberg Man, which was also a pretty advanced company. Uh, some of the older people were, were struggling with that, whereas I knew how to edit something, uh, for example. But I think the better way and the more important um, effect of having worked with professionals is that you know how to be one on day one. So we, we joke around, fool around and have as much fun as anybody, but sort of professional people, sort of older people, but they know when to turn it on and turn it off, right? So that if, a, if an event happened that's serious, you know, now, all right, let's, let's go out and cover this. Let's, you know, put the joking aside, put the kidding aside, putting the, you know, I mean, you might be ragging on someone in the newsroom, and all of a sudden some big story breaks. Well, all right, well now we're in our mode. So, you know, and you've seen how professionals kind of handle themselves and they know where that line is. And I think, yeah, that was helpful on day one uh, from an execution standpoint. And then just from being familiar and comfortable, you're not as intimidated. The intimidation happens at Fordham, like I told you the story earlier, being there and uh, kind of getting out of breath that first time at WFUV you've already gotten that out of the way. It's, uh, you know, like getting that first at bat for a rookie out of the way. So, all right, let me take a deep breath. Now I can let my, <laughs> my talents uh, take over. And I, it's just like playing baseball growing up. So it's the same thing for broadcasters. I think once you've done it at that level, you're not like, Oh, these guys are crazy. This is very scary. These are um, intimidating figures. If you've worked at FUV, those are on the DJ side. You know, those are some of the best DJs in New York. They're there by choice. They want to be at WFUV because of the freedoms it allows them. And then you get to student work alongside them. It's just the perfect match, I've always thought, um, of student involvement and kind of professional interaction. And most college radio stations, and, and FUV is not your normal quote-unquote college radio stations, but most college radio and television stations don't have that. They're one or the other. The students are working in the background, not getting on air enough, or the students are running everything and not getting that professional guidance and experience. FEV and Fordham, they do both, and um, that's unique, and it's, and it's great for, this, for the students. I've always thought that. You mentioned Bob Ahrens and you mentioned Marty Glickman. How did those two figures impact your career? It's really hard to measure. I mean, Bob started, like I said, with me and, and Tony and others in 1998. And it can't, you know, just for an inside baseball WFUV side of it, emphasize enough how, you know, controversial that was at the time for the station, because the students had been the station on the sports side and obviously had produced the likes of, of Mike Breen and Michael Kay and Bob Hoppe, um, you know, more recently, Chris Carino and others and that had come right before us. And some of the old timers were saying, well, this is going to take the students out of it. And just the opposite happened. The thing about Bob is that he was one of the more unique people that I've met in my life, because once I got to know him and he's a lot of quirks and um, we had a lot of laughs over the years, uh, like I said earlier, at his expense. But Bob cares about the people he works with more than I think anyone I've ever worked with cares about the people that they work with. And when you work with college students, that's, that's what really matters. So I think even though he came to WFUV a little bit later in his career, it was as, as perfect as it was for us, it was also a perfect place for him. He gave it everything. He gave it his heart and his soul. And 
really Marty is the one to thank for that because they had a connection from um, earlier on. They both went to Syracuse, by the way, uh, our, our big rival, right? But they both went to Syracuse, but Marty had known Bob from various professional uh, pursuits and thought he'd be the right person, I think, for the job and recommended them to the station. And, and you know, the one-two punch there was, was second to none. Now, in terms of, of Marty uh, Glickman, that's one of those things where, for me at least, when you look back on it, you, you kind of pinch yourself and say, wow, um, being able to work with someone and learn from someone like that, not a lot of people get that um, opportunity. He really kind of invented a lot of the ways in which uh, sports broadcasting happens, um, on the radio especially. And I think with basketball, for example, the geography of the court and the way things are described that we have take for granted now and um, that's mostly Marty, you know, that uh, he had to come up with that and doing those early uh, Nick games and describing uh, the way people were coming up uh, the court and what was going on in the, in the paint or the elbow or the left wing or the right wing and underneath on the baseline and, and, and describing it in that way seems like, well, that was easy enough, but nobody had really come up with it and, until Marty did. And on the football side, and his, his, his most noted broadcast were with the Giants in the early days, he later switched over uh, to the Jets pretty much the same deal is that he, he invented a lot of the ways in which football is described and broadcast. Other people have taken it uh, to the next level, I guess, or put their own spin on it. But, but Marty gave us just this fundamental um, base of understanding how to do something. And it was so simple, but so effective in that you had to describe things in detail with Marty. It wasn't good enough. It was never good enough to say that someone um, took the handoff and ran for five yards. Well, did they run left? Okay, they ran left. Well, did they run off tackle to the left? Did they uh, make a move, to, you know, slashing back to the right, tripped up at the 33-yard line, lunging forward with the left hand across the 35 at the first down marker? Now you can kind of picture it in your head. So painting that word picture was this um, skill that Marty had developed over the years that he passed on to us. And it just, it's everything, you know, for how we do our jobs, I'm sure many of the guys that are still doing play-by-play, -play, I know Spiro would, would vouch for me on this one, would say that, uh, you know, that's what he still does and what he still uh, thinks about. But even for someone like me, who got into a different part of the business, having that base, having, it's almost like a foundation when you're building a house. It's, it's something you don't have to think about. And I think it's something that you don't even realize you're doing and it makes you unique. And, and better as, as a broadcaster. So it's, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, a lot of people that will be in your guys' careers as well, have an influence over you and you kind of, you know, Imus was one for me, obviously, and, and, and there've been others, but those two at the start, uh, without that, I probably wouldn't really be in the business, uh, to be honest. And it was Bob at first, and then getting to know Marty over that subsequent year or two, it was Marty after that, um, that really gave me the confidence. And that's what's, What's key, I think, is that I say this all the time when people ask, you know, what's what's the most important thing in this in this business? It ends up being confidence. And the only way, and Marty taught us this, and Bob did as well, to be confident is to be prepared. So you have to prepare first. And then you'll be confident because you're not doubting yourself. I've almost always the only time I ever felt unsure of myself on the air is when I haven't been prepared for one reason or another. Maybe it's my fault, maybe it's a news event that I'm not as familiar with and it just broke on the show. And I'm not as sure of the event or how to pronounce a word or a name or a, or a city. When I'm not prepared, that's when I'm not as effective. So if you're prepared, you, you get that confidence and Marty instilled that in us. And then eventually that leads to the uh, success. So that's what those two guys gave us, the, the foundation.
And before we get you out of here, Connell, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you to reminisce and give us maybe a memorable Bob or Marty story. Can you remember any <laughs> stories going back, uh, learning from Bob and Marty? Any memorable stories come off the top of your head? Well, Bob is a terrible driver. So that was one of the <laughs> things. And I think that Tony and I, uh, Tony Reale, we could have had our careers cut short. When I say cut short, I mean, you know, sophomores and juniors in college are cut short because going back to our days going out to Brooklyn to work on that Jackie Robinson documentary, Bob always thought that he knew the best and fastest route to get to a location because he's, you know, a native New Yorker. He'd grown up in, in Brooklyn. And this was kind of before the, the GPS came in. So he would do things like he'd be driving in the left lane of you know the West Side Highway or somewhere, the, the FDR, and he would just suddenly realize that a, the, a shortcut was in the exit, that we are literally about to pass on the right side. And without looking, he would just swerve the car to the right. And while he's doing this, he'd be talking to someone, me or Tony at the same time. He'd go, well, when we get to Brooklyn, it'll be great. We have a big interview and there'd be a tractor trailer going by. So that was like, uh, that was the introduction to to how to drive in New York and how to not drive. By the way, it was never faster uh, the way that <laughs> the way that he did that. Uh, Marty stuff's most for me is more is probably more um, serious. I will say this: it's not necessarily to toot my own horn, but I don't mind. I guess doing it for that way as well. I, I talked earlier about confidence. When I was graduating from Fordham, I talked to Marty about what I should do, and he said, "You listen," and he gave me a, a big pep talk about how he thought I could, you know be professional right away. I didn't have to go away to smaller markets and this type of thing because I was debating whether or not that was necessary. And then he went home on his um, his typewriter. He had a typewriter and he, and he wrote up, I still have it, a uh, note on Marty Glickman letterhead. And it was just two or three lines that had said, Connell is the most promising undergraduate that I've worked with in my years at Fordham. And he signed it, Marty Glickman. And, and he uh, and he sent it out and I used to take it uh, to every job. I think I would still take it to a job interview uh, because it was the ultimate endorsement uh, for me. And we kind of built, we'd been, Marty and I were close that, you know, I was, um, that was, I was very close and, and it was, it was tough when he died, which was shortly after I, <clears throat> I graduated, but um, he was a, he was a great human being and one of the, and just a terrific American story going back to his days of the, uh, the, where he should have been running in the 1936 Olympics and wasn't allowed to because of his his Jewish faith and persevering through that as a terrific athlete to be a great broadcaster. But then later in life, just being as humble as he was uh, to be a mentor to, to people like me and, and the other students at, at Fordham and, and WFEV. But he gave me that confidence. And I still, you know, I like to think that I have it uh, now largely because of, of him. Him and uh, Marty and Bob are both, they're both great guys. Um, yeah. Love those guys, but I still I love, I love having a joke with Bob even up in uh, up until this day. WFB alum. Oh, excuse me. Go ahead, Nick. Oh, I was just gonna say there's one other question that we like to ask all of the uh, alums that come on our podcast. What does WFUV need to do to continue to maintain its standing as one of the premier collegiate broadcasting programs in the country? That's a good question. I mean, I think that it comes down to people at the end of the day. So as long as there is um, the professional environment where students will want to go to Fordham um, to be at WFUV, the people will will make it um, what it is and continue to make it uh, what it is. But like everywhere else, I think evolution is important. And in this uh, business, uh, what you're doing today is, is part of that evolution, always staying on top of what the next big thing is years ago that was you know terrestrial radio it's not anymore so being involved in, in podcasts and integrating i think more video 
into the curriculum I've always thought is important so that when you come out of school at WFUV, you know you're going to have that professional pedigree. And I think that's still number one. That's a calling card. That's to say people, yeah, listen, I worked in a place um, where the pros have come out of and I'm going to be ready to go on day one. You always have that. What I think the next level is, and I think the focus has to be on, is that we have to make sure that the students coming out of WFUV have the necessary versatility to uh, survive and kind of thrive in, in the modern industry. So being a radio broadcaster is not enough. Having um, some experience in podcasting is great, but not necessarily enough. If you want to be on air, have you done work on camera? Are you comfortable on camera coming out of school? Because in other schools, they might have done a little bit more of that and you know the one-man band is kind of the way of the world now so do you know how to produce do you know how to shoot video can you do all of the things that are necessary because in your first couple of jobs at least and i think as the industry evolves over the years it's going to be the case for your entire career you're not going to be able to get away with the fact of saying well you know that's i'm this i'm an on-air guy i don't touch that you know that uh, i'm not going to edit i'm not going to i'm not going to produce i'm not going to write and i think adding that element of versatility and continuing to develop that uh, will be important because if you couple that with the the professional pedigree that people already associate with WFUV then you know you'll be able to stay at the uh, at the top which is what we all hope he is a WFUV alum you can catch him weekdays from four to five as co-anchor of after the bell on the Fox Business Network Connell McShane Connell appreciate you giving us some time here on off the air of course. Thank you, guys. That was a lot of fun. Great stuff by Connell McShane in this week's Off the Air podcast. Nick, I, I, we've learned a lot of things. I think, first of all, though, what we did learn was Bob Aarons maybe could have been a NASCAR driver if he wanted to. But other than that, maybe people might want to get out of the way if they see him driving around New York. Well, that was a little bit scary to hear talking about the the potential career-threatening uh, driving from, from Bob Aarons. But, no, I mean, it was always great to hear. We, we hear this all the time from any number of the alums that we have on this podcast, the just lasting effect that Bob Aarons has had both on this program and so many of the people that we have talked to. And it, it's clear his, his fingerprints are all over this program and on a lot of the professionals that we see, Connell, no different, and just – understanding what Bob taught him and, and how he learned to be a professional from Bob and then even Marty Glickman, who he was also close with, and those two very intertwined. So just really cool to hear some of those experiences and some of the interactions that he had with Bob and perhaps some of the scary driving, but just overall to hear the impact that Bob had on him and on the rest of the program is, is a familiar theme and something that has been so important to the success that this program has had over the last any number of years. Yeah, Nick, and the fact that Connell got his start in news with Bloomberg, as he mentions, you know, him having to go through and be a young man watching something like September 11th happen, and then living through some of the financial crises going on in the mid-2000s, for him, the, those last 17 years or so, at Fox Business Network and before that in Bloomberg, I mean, it, it has definitely been quite the transition to cover all of that news, that news reporting, as opposed to the stuff happening in the sports world. Yeah, it's something that's striking, but you can see how once you're in it and you cover some events that are just so influential, the way that 
9-11 was and even the financial crisis, you can see how it's something that you grow to like and you grow to want to be a part of. So it was interesting to get his take on both if he would ever consider going back to sports and also just how it helped him because it's something that I think a lot of us are, are thinking about or want to understand about being in the sports department. Well, how is this going to help us as we go forward professionally and not just necessarily if it was to continue in sports, but in other ways or in other avenues in our professional careers. So really interesting to get his understanding of how that helped and potentially if there's a return to sports in his future. Yeah, and again, it's always a pleasure to talk to our FUV alums. And I think off the air gives us that opportunity to get these interesting perspectives, especially from somebody like Connell, who made that jump from sports to news. But Nick, that'll do it for this week's episode of Off the Air. Hope you can join us for next week. <laughs>